This is a Willits Point Shea Stadium bound 7 express train. The next and last stop is Willits Point Shea Stadium. it is the subway to shea podcast anthony rivera here with you talking about all the news and happenings surrounding that team from queens the new york mets you can follow the show on twitter and instagram at subway to shea listen and subscribe to the show on anchor.fm apple Podcasts, spotify google Podcasts, and breaker turn on those notifications to never miss an episode of subway to shea if you're a new listener to this podcast thanks for joining us and if you've been a supporter this whole time i can't thank you enough for coming on this journey with me each and every week. Subway to Shea is becoming global. This podcast not only is played in the U.S., but also has reaches in Great Britain, Canada, Australia, Mexico, the Netherlands, and Italy. That's amazing. I'm so excited to reach all those countries. No matter where you listen to this podcast, please take a few minutes to write me a review and let me know what you think of the show, what you like, what you don't like. I want to make this show better each and every week for you Met fans out there. So by going on Apple Podcasts, you can rate the show from one to five stars and leave a comment in the review section. And that will help me to make this show better each and every week. You can also rate the show on Spotify. That's, I think, a new thing. You go on Spotify, if you're listening and following the show on Spotify, you can also rate the show there. Make sure to follow my work for Rising Apple. Rising Apple is a New York Mets site on the fan-sided network. You can read my articles by going to risingapple.com or checking out the links in the description of this week's podcast episode. Make sure to follow Rising Apple on Twitter at Rising Apple Blog and the fan-sided network at fan-sided. Now, without further ado, let's jump into this week's episode of Subway to Shea, and we start off with the Mets announcing they will retire Keith Hernandez number 17. The ceremony will take place Saturday, July 9th. I got my tickets. I hope to see you there. He joins the list of players in Tom Seaver, Mike Piazza, and Jerry Kuzman, who also had their numbers retired, as well as manager and coach Gil Hodges and Casey Stangle. Jackie Robinson's number 42 is also retired, but that's retired across the league. Let's get into Keith Hernandez right now. He played seven seasons with the Mets from 1983 to 1989. He was traded to the Mets in 1983 for relievers Neil Allen and Rick Ownbay. Now, Looking at his stats when he came to the Mets in 1983, he played 95 games, batted 306 with 9 home runs, 37 RBIs, had a 424 on base percentage, 434 slugging, and an 858 OPS with a 140 OPS plus. He was a Gold Glove winner. Following that season, he became a free agent and he didn't know if he wanted to come back to the Mets. You know, he got came from a team that was winning in the St. Louis Cardinals. They just came off of winning a world championship. They wanted to trade him because he was going to become a free agent. Went to the Mets, and Keith didn't know if he wanted to stay here. And he mentioned that his dad pretty much convinced him 
after watching talent in the farm system, the Doc Goodens, the Dow Strawberries, he convinced Keith to stay and sign a big-term deal with the Mets. Let's go into Keith Hernandez's stats with the Mets all-time, his career stats with the New York Mets. And looking here at these stats right now, seven years with the Mets, we mentioned, had over 939 hits, 80 home runs, 468 RBIs, 17 stolen bases. He batted 297, had a .387 on base percentage, had a 429 slugging percentage, a OPS of 816, OPS plus of 129. And that was for his career as a New York Met. Not only that, with the Mets, Keith Hernandez was a three-time All-Star, finished second in the MVP voting in 1984. He was a silver slugger, a five-time gold glover. Now, I'm not sure if the 83 season makes it six because he played more games with the Mets than he did with the Cardinals that year. He played 95 games with the Mets, only 55 with the Cardinals. So I would assume that that kind of gold glove also counts. So if we count that, then that's six gold gloves. Most importantly... He helped the Mets win the 1986 World Series. We all know what happened there. Great series against the Astros in the NLCS. Great series against the Boston Red Sox in the World Series. We all know the Mookie Wilson and everything that happened in 1986. He really helped turn this organization around, providing leadership that they desperately needed. In 1987, he was named the captain of the New York Mets, the first in franchise history. He would then become co-captains with Gary Carter after that. He was inducted into the Mets Hall of Fame in 1997, and he's been an analyst since 1999 for the Mets. On the broadcast side, with Ron Darling and Gary Cohen, he's been with them since the inception of SNY in 2006. Now, I, they've talked about this in the past, but the players to also wear the number 17 after Keith Hernandez left. I'm surprised that they didn't kind of stop that from happening but David Cohn as soon as Keith left wore the number 17 and that was in honor of Keith they were good friends they were very close Brett Saberhagen also wore it. Luis Lopez from the time I started watching the Mets Mike Bordick in that 2000 National League Championship team Kevin Apier wore it Daesung Koo we all remember him Jose Lima Lima time he also wore it Fernando Tatis Sr. to name a few right there but none of those guys could come close to the production that Keith Hernandez provided for the Mets he also appeared on Seinfeld in a two-part episode called The Boyfriend. It is one of my favorite episodes of the entire series. So many good moments from that, whether it was the second spitter theory with Kramer and Newman and eventually involving Roger McDowell to Keith's famous line while he kisses Elaine, I'm Keith Hernandez. That's a must-watch. you got to see that if you haven't. I'm pretty sure every Met fan has seen it. Watch it again. It's hilarious. I kind of watched some of it last night, and it was a joy to watch those clips from that episode. Now, we're going to come back to Keith Hernandez, but I want to mention this thing. It, the Mets finally honoring their history. It's great to see the last couple of years that they are finally doing this, and Mike Piazza had a great tweet the other day. It says he really appreciates Steve Cohen and the Mets' commitment to our history and legacy, and of course, all Mets fans and your love for this team. It is great to see the history and legacy of this organization honored now continuously and now yearly. 
Last year, we got John Matlack, Edgardo Alfonso, and Ron Darling into the Hall of Fame, and Jerry Kuzman got his number retired. Now, I want to be clear on this, and this was a point brought up by Mike Vaccaro of the New York Post in his article. He said that the decision to retire Keith Hernandez's number was reached during the Wilpons ownership, but they held off on announcing it so that Jerry Kuzman can enjoy his spotlight solo. They also approved the Tom Seaver statue, which should be unveiled at the start of the season, whenever that is. So as much as we like what Steve Cohen is doing and what he's going to continue to do, the last couple of historic moves and honoring the history of the Mets have been made during the Wilpon era. The whole Kuzman getting his number retired, Keith Hernandez, and also the recent inductees into the Hall of Fame. But I'm pretty sure that Steve Cohen is going to continue that legacy. Even Keith Hernandez mentioned it. I think I'm going to do a full episode on this, and that is that the... Old Timers Day is coming back. The Old Timers game is coming back. Keith mentioned about 50 players. I think I'm going to do an episode on that, seeing who should come back and be a part of this Old Timers Day. That's going to be a great episode. Look out for that. That's coming soon. Who is next to have their number retired? Names that come to mind, and I think these are the only four names at this moment in time that should have their number retired as a Met. Gary Carter, Doc Gooden, Daryl Strawberry, and David Wright. You could possibly do it in that order if you like, or you could swap Strawberry and Gooden, but I think to have Gary Carter, Doc Gooden, Daryl Strawberry, David Wright have those numbers retired eventually would be a great thing, and if we do that every year from now on, that would be perfect. Obviously, Gary Carter's not with us anymore, but his family can be there for that. You have Dwight Gooden, Daryl Strawberry, David Wright eventually, because David Wright still needs to be inducted into the Hall of Fame for the Mets. So once that is done, then I'm sure the ball will get rolling on retiring his number. But I think first he should be inducted into the Mets Hall of Fame. The rest of the guys are already in it. Carter, Gooden, Strawberry, already in the Mets Hall of Fame. David Wright needs to get into the Hall of Fame. And then I think that eventually his number will also be retired. Speaking about Hall of Fames, let's move from the Mets Hall of Fame to the actual Baseball Hall of Fame. I want to compare some stats here because Keith Hernandez has a great case to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, especially since what happened not too long ago, only a month ago, with Gil Hodges finally being elected into the Hall of Fame by the Veterans Committee vote. Let's compare the two of their stats because it's pretty, pretty similar, okay? We're going to look at Gil Hodges. We're going to look at Keith Hernandez career-wise. Their career stats here. Let's look at their war. Gil Hodges, 43.9 war to Keith Hernandez, 60.3 war. We look at how many hits. Keith Hernandez, 2,182 hits to Gil Hodges' 1921 hits. Home runs. Gil Hodges, 370 to Keith Hernandez is 162 home runs. So Gil Hodges has a, a little bit of a leeway over that. Batting average. 296 for Keith, 273 for Gil Hodges. Runs 1124 for Keith, 1105 for Gil Hodges. RBIs 1071 for Keith, 1274 for Gil Hodges. And stolen bases 63 for Gil Hodges, 98 for Keith Hernandez. Very comparable. 
close to the same. Here are where things get a little different. Keith Hernandez is a co-MVP, okay? He's also won 11 gold gloves in his career. He's won a batting title. He's won two Silver Slugger awards. And he's also been a five-time All-Star. Now, for Gil Hodges, two-time World Series champ, also two-time World Series champ for Keith Hernandez. He also won with the Cardinals. Eight-time All-Star we mentioned, and he's now a Hall of Famer. I'm not saying that they're the same. You know, they both differ in each way. And if we look at on-base percentage, 384 for Keith Hernandez, 359 for Gil Hodges. Slugging percentage, 436 to 487. OPS, 821 to 846. OPS plus, 128 to 120. Pretty comparable stats between Gil Hodges and Keith Hernandez. And if we look at how many years they played in the league, 18 years for Gil Hodges and 17 years for Keith Hernandez. Pretty close, right? And, you know, I'm not saying Keith Hernandez is better than Gil Hodges. Gil Hodges better than Keith Hernandez. Their stats, pretty comparable. If you listen to the numbers I gave you, what I think is, yes, Gil Hodges definitely deserved to be in the Hall of Fame, but I also think now Keith Hernandez definitely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Both great numbers. Both world champions. Both have done a lot and won a lot of awards. And I think it is only right to have Keith Hernandez be in this Hall of Fame. Definitely deserves it. Definitely deserves a opportunity to get elected with that Veterans Committee vote. Obviously, he did not get the percentage. They took him off the ballot. So he will have to get in with this Veterans Committee vote. And hopefully, hopefully, Keith gets it done. And hopefully, he can get into the Hall of Fame that he rightfully deserves his spot in. Now, my final thoughts before this train leaves the station. Brandon Nimmo switched agents and is now represented by Boris Corp. Yep, you heard it. The most dreaded name in sports for fans, Scott Boris. This is great for Brandon Nimmo because he's going to get paid, especially if he can stay healthy. If he can stay on the field, he's going to get paid. He's a decent outfielder now that they're moving him possibly to a corner outfield might get even better he played pretty decent center field and he can hit and he's a great leadoff batter so if he can stay healthy he's gonna get paid you know for us fans it's going to be rough but maybe not as much as we used to think we saw Steve Cohen wheeling and dealing with Boris when signing Max Scherzer, so maybe that has opened up the communication line between the two. We know that it never really worked out when the Wilpons were owners and it, the Mets had a hard time with even ponying up a lot of money to get some players, and they never went after any of Scott Boris's clients. So now might be a new era. With Cohen having all the money and willing to deal with Scott Boris, you never know. Maybe the Mets will bring Brandon Immel back. Or maybe they want to go in a different direction. I just can't stand Scott Boris to begin with. I don't like his personality. He comes off as a smartass. And I never have and never will get on that Scott Boris train. But for the players, good for them. That's the guy you want representing you. You want that guy that's going to bring you the most money, and he seems to do that for every player he has under his banner. So, speaking of Mets and signings, the Mets signed left-handed pitcher Alex Claudio and right-handed pitcher Steven Nagasek to minor league deals. Minor league deals can still be allowed to take place even during the lockout. As we take a look at Alex Claudio's stats from previous years, career 
war of a 5.9 win-loss record 16 and 10 with a 3.63 ERA got 14 saves in his career he had a rough season last year with the Los Angeles Angels he had a 5.51 ERA he struggled last season you go back to his time in Milwaukee with a 4.11 ERA in Texas he pitched very well 3.20 ERA For the most part, he had under 2 ERA from 2015 to 2017, so he may be a steal when it comes to signing minor leaguers. And we look at Steven Nagasaki, he was kind of, I guess, re-signed because he was with the Mets last year. He struggled with a 6 ERA, uh, 9.31 career ERA in 8 games but like I said the big move here is getting Alex Claudio maybe he can kind of go back in time and pitch like he did in Texas this is pitching depth for the bullpen the pitching needs depth we saw it last year they need depth and these two guys could provide that now I know last week we talked about Elian Soto signing with the Mets well that's not happening because he's going to the Nationals. His brother Juan Soto convinced him, and rightfully so, to join him and stay in Washington once he, you know, is ready to sign. Some saw on Twitter, and they got upset about the Mets not signing this kid. He's only 16 years old. We don't know how he's going to pan out. Will he even be as good as his superstar brother? Who knows? But I don't want to get too crazy not signing a 16-year-old kid. It's hard for me to get excited about prospects and minor leaguers until they're very close to coming up. Besides that, it's hard for me to really get excited about them. But hopefully we got a couple on the way. You know, the Brett Beatty's of the world and Mark Vientos. Those are the guys I get excited about. Francisco Alvarez, Ronnie Mauricio, JT Jin, Matthew Allen. Those are the guys to get excited about. I would not lose any sleep over not signing Juan Soto's brother. And who knows, maybe when Han Soto becomes a free agent, the Mets sign him. But for now, let's not go too crazy about not signing Elian Soto, a 16-year-old kid. Moving on with Zach Scott last week was found not guilty of DWI, which took place on August 31st. This arrest cost him his job as the acting general manager of the Mets. We don't know if he was going to even be the general manager anyway. I know that Sandy Alderson liked him. I don't know, it just didn't work out, maybe for the best, because now we have Billy Epler in place, the Mets made a lot of good moves, who knows if the Mets would have made the moves they did, maybe they would have, maybe they wouldn't, but we wish him well in his future, and I want to mention this before we get off the show here, a little Mets history, this week in 1998, the Mets signed right-handed pitcher Masato Yoshi, January 13th to be exact, and I know that Good friends at Mets Rewind posted that, and it just brought back so many memories. And now you say, why are you bringing up Masato Yoshi, Ant? Why? Well, personal story. Sunday, April 5th, 1998, was my first baseball game that I ever went to with my dad. The Mets won 7 to nothing. Who pitched that game? Masato Yoshi. Pitched seven shutout innings, three hits, one walk, seven Ks, and this game that he pitched was his major league debut with the New York Mets. That year, he went 6-8 with a 3.93 ERA in 1998. 1999 was his better year. He went 12-8 with a 4.40 ERA. The ERA was high, but he did well to pitch for the Mets in games. And if we look in that 99 postseason, he pitched two series He got the win in Arizona. I think he pitched game one. 
but he gave up four runs, but the Mets pitched so well and, and did so well in that series, and um, it was, I, I don't know if it was game one or game three, but he pitched one of those games against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Then he had, took a loss in the National League Championship Series. He had a 4.70 ERA, pitched two games, and one of those games was that game five where we had the Robin Ventura Grand Slam single. So I just wanted to bring that up because it brought back some personal memories for me. Got to see him pitch in his debut. He only pitched two seasons for the Mets. But, you know, these are some things that you remember from when you were a kid. And that's, you know, I'm pretty sure everyone has their story of their first Mets game. That was mine. But uh, it's great to see some of these and look back on them. Now, one more thing before I let you go. No progress yet in the ongoing battle between Major League Baseball and the Players Associations. When we hear something important, then I'll cover it. When we hear some progress, not important, let's say when we hear some progress, because there's been no progress on either side. But when we hear some progress, I'm going to cover it. But until then, we're just going to be talking about Mets. We might dive into some history of the Mets and see what we can get going on and bring some guests on here and, you know, get into more Met stuff for all you Met fans out there. Please do me a favor as we wrap up this show. Please take a few minutes to write me a review. Let me know what you think of the show, what you like, what you don't like. I want to make this show better each and every week. And by going on Apple Podcasts, rating the show from one to five stars, hopefully it's five stars, and leaving comments in the review section, I can know how to better this show. And you can also Rate the show on Spotify. That's a new thing out there. So if you're listening to this show and following the show on Spotify, you can rate the show on there as well. I don't know if they have a comment section, but they do. You can rate the show one to five stars on Spotify. Now follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Subway to Shea. Listen and subscribe to the show on Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Breaker. Turn on those notifications to never miss an episode of Subway to Shea. Also, I'm a contributor for Rising Apple, a New York Mets site on the fan-sided network. You can check out my articles for Rising Apple, as I will leave the links in the description of this episode. I got a new article out, a lot of you have read it already, about growing up a Mets fan and not seeing a championship, and to all those, kind of an ode to all those fans that haven't seen a championship yet and were born after 1986. So you can give that a read and check out all of Rising Apple stuff, risingapple.com, and on Twitter at Rising Apple Blog. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. I appreciate you all so very much. Well, that will do it. This week's episode is a wrap. Always remember to listen, subscribe, share, and review. For Anthony Rivera, you've been listening to Subway to Shea. Let's go Mets.